Murder and Mayhem in Jefferson County, Missouri, Blues Highway Robbery, Earl Snodgrass and Opal Stacy, 1931. It was around 7.30 p.m. on Thursday evening, February 19, 1931, when 45-year-old Ernest Mostiller finally took a supper break. It was a little after 7 o'clock p.m. at the filling station he managed, just outside of DeSoto, Missouri, where the Missouri and Illinois Railroad crossed Highway 61, often called the Blues Highway. He left his nephew, Clifford Rudley, and another young man, Orville Johnson, in charge of the station, while he relaxed in the restaurant about 60 feet away. Moments later, the young men came running into the restaurant in obvious distress. They quickly explained that a couple had pulled into the station in a whippet sedan and entered the building. The man showed them a pistol while the young woman took some money from the cash register along with some silver. Looks like the car was headed toward Bonterre, the boy said. Mostiller called the police at Bonterre to report the robbery and describe the vehicle. Then he and the boys went outside to see if the thieves would double back. They did. Ernest Mostiller was not one to take being robbed lightly. He grabbed his rifle and ran toward his Model A Ford truck. Not wishing to be left out of the excitement, the boys ran after him. Orville Johnson climbed in the driver's seat while Clifford and his uncle Ernest got in and the chase was on. Most Stiller leaped out of the window and fired the rifle at the fleeing car. Perhaps one of the bullets struck the car or the bandits decided their chances were better face to face, but for whatever reason, the whippet pulled on to a side road and started slowing down until it stopped. The driver got out with his hands in his coat pocket. Mostiller shouted, Stick him up! Acting as if he was about to give up, the man obeyed, but then reached back into his pocket as he advanced toward them. Aware that he had already displayed a pistol to the attendants, Mostiller fired, killing the man. The terrified girl remained in the sedan, screaming and crying. When the authorities arrived, they ruled the death justifiable homicide and arrested the girl, taking her to the Jefferson County Jail. The robbery had netted them $14.21. Welcome to another edition of Murder and Mayhem in Jefferson County, Missouri. I am your host, Mindy Hudson, genealogist at the Jefferson County Library. Each week, we bring stories of murder, mystery, and scandal that have occurred in the county's 200-year history. Piecing together evidence from newspaper articles, census records, vital records, prison records, and more, we are able to tell interesting stories of events that affected the lives of the early residents of the county. Using the resources available at the library, we are able to take a peek into the complicated lives and intricate details that are often overlooked. These details paint a picture that may possibly give us a different perspective about the people and situations involved in historical events and may help us to understand more about our community and its residents. 
It was while aiding a library patron in researching a family not connected to the county that I learned of the incident about the 1931 gas station robbery in DeSoto. With the little information we had, we discovered a fascinating tale that would have gone unnoticed otherwise. Such was the story of the death of Earl Snodgrass. Martin Snodgrass and Rebecca Mosley began their married life in Crawford County, Arkansas in 1884. By 1888, they had moved to Wayne County, Missouri and began raising a large family. He worked as a teamster in 1900 hauling logs for a lumber mill. Their eldest son, Marvin Snodgrass, married Jenny Miller in 1903, daughter of Olive Dolly Justice and J.H. Miller. Marvin and Jenny Snodgrass had five children, Earl, June, Clyde, Guy, and Leonard. By 1914, Marvin had purchased the lumber mill in Reynolds County. As of 1920, Marvin seemed to have died, Jenny and the two eldest children disappeared for a while, and the two youngest surviving sons were living with their snodgrass grandparents, Martin and Rebecca. A marriage record is found in Dunklin County, Missouri, in 1922 for Jenny Snodgrass and Tom Hochen. However, this marriage was short-lived, and by 1926, they were granted a divorce. As so often happens, the instability of his family life left eldest son Earl Snodgrass to take advantage of the lack of parental supervision. It was the 1930s, and the era of prohibition, coupled with the Great Depression, brought about the birth of lawlessness, which included bootlegging, highway robbery, and gangster activity. Earl was drawn to the thrill of the dangerous life and got caught up in illegal activity while living in St. Louis. By 1931, he returned to Wayne County and resided with his grandparents, Martin and Rebecca Snodgrass. It was here that 24-year-old Earl met a pretty, dark-haired girl of 17 named Opal Stacy. The pair immediately were smitten, and their crime spree began. They managed to steal the Whippet sedan from a man named Harrison Allman of Williamsville. He had stopped in Cape Girardeau on Highway 34 near the border of Bollinger County, they traveled down Highway 67 to a filling station near Greenville in Wayne County and robbed Joe Hunter, operator of the station, Wednesday, February 18th. The couple drove up to the station and went inside the station while Mr. Hunter filled the gas tank. When he returned inside, Snodgrass was pointing a gun at him while Opal relieved him of $60. These were not the only robberies or at Lodi. It was also believed that Earl was running liquor in the county. Emboldened by the success of the previous robberies, the couple headed up Highway 61 on the way toward St. Louis when they stopped at Mostiller Station near DeSoto in Jefferson County. 
Using the same method that had been effective before, they waited for the attendants to finish filling the tank when they pulled the pistol on them. As they fled the scene, they turned the sedan south toward Bonterre, probably hoping to throw off any pursuit as they doubled back north, possibly heading to South Broadway Street in St. Louis where Earl's mother, Jenny Hutchin, lived. They didn't count on a very angry and armed Ernest Mostiller to give chase. The reality of the situation may have sunk in as occupants in the Model A began firing at them. The whippet slowed to a stop and Earl exited the car. Mostiller shouted for him to get his hands up, which Snodgrass started to do. However, he changed his mind and reached back into his pocket. Mostiller fired, hitting the young man in the neck and causing him to fall to the ground. The revolver was found in his pocket. A hysterical opal did not dare leave the car. As the police arrived and questioned her, she said that she and Earl had married two weeks before and newspaper accounts reported them as newlyweds. However, it was soon discovered that Snodgrass was already married to a woman named Floyd, who was living in St. Louis. Their separation was the reason he had returned to Wayne County to live with his grandparents. Opal was taken to the jail in Hillsboro to await her fate. Harrison Allman, the owner of the stolen car, was called a few days after the incident to recover his vehicle. According to a newspaper article in the Poplar Bluff Republican, Snodgrass was wearing a shirt and tie belonging to Allman when he was killed. He had also been wearing Allman's overcoat, which was where the gun had been concealed. Opal Stacy was the daughter of Charles Stacy and Viola McCormick. The Stacy family had moved to the Chafee community in Wayne County only a short time before their rebellious eldest daughter met Earl Snodgrass. At 17, Opal was a petite girl with a pretty oval face framed by fashionable shoulder-length dark hair. She was the oldest of seven children. The Stacy family was from the boot heel of Missouri, but a it appeared that they moved frequently following work. There is evidence that they lived in Festus, Jefferson County, between 1925 and 1927. It is likely that Charles was employed at the plate glass factory because in 1930 they are found living in LaSalle County, Illinois, and he lists his occupation as plate glass worker. However, they moved to the Chafee community in Scott County, Missouri, by the end of the year. It is unclear how Opal Stacy met Earl Snodgrass, but they had formed their own Bonnie and Clyde-type gang a year before that infamous duo began their crime spree. When Opal was informed that Snodgrass was dead, she cried and reportedly exclaimed, quote, he sure was good to me. I'd lived with him two whole weeks, and he hadn't hit me once, End quote. The body of Earl Snodgrass was taken to the White Brothers Undertaking Company at the request of his mother, Jenny Hochen. He was buried at St. Matthew's in St. Louis. Opal Stacy was brought to trial in December 1931. 
charged with robbery, her defense was that she had been forced into participating in the robbery by Snodgrass. The jury failed to reach an agreement which led to a mistrial. A change of venue was granted for the second trial which was held April 1932 in Iron County. This time, Miss Stacy was sentenced to a five-year prison term at the Women's Penitentiary in Jefferson City. The following year, she applied for parole, which was granted in 1933. The strain of the experience with their daughter may have contributed to the downfall of the marriage between Charles and Viola Stacy. They petitioned for divorce in Jefferson County in May 1935, and it was granted. Upon her release from prison, Opal Stacy married William Martin, with whom she had three sons and a stepson. They left Missouri and built a respectable life together. She died in 1988 and is buried in Franklin County, Illinois. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Murder and Mayhem in Jefferson County, Missouri, brought to you by the Jefferson County Library Genealogy Department, located at 5680 Highway PP, High Ridge, Missouri. For more information about this and other podcasts, please call at 636-677-8186 and ask for the Genealogy Department or email mhudson at jeffcolib.org. Join us again next week as we explore Death and Duels, The Legend of John Smith T., 1770-1836. to